Hey, everybody. Welcome to Off the Beaten Clef. I think we've got an awesome show for you this week. This is your spiritual third, I think I can say that confidently this week, member of the podcast. (laughs) Shut up, Bill. Um, We are doing our favorite live experiences with music. And we've got a few really cool um, guest submissions to go through as well. We're going to talk about a few we really love. And I'm really excited about it, guys. So let's get into it. Let's get it. All right, yeah, we're going freeform this week. Uh, we're doing what is your favorite live music performance? Um, we inquired on the internet, on Discord, and we've got some really fun uh, submissions uh, through various different ways. Uh, but yes, we are very happy to have Ben Carter back on. The little weasel snuck his way back in. <laughs> oh, you know, I got a little taste last time. That wasn't enough, though. No. I had to get back. Uh, first order of business is Kevin. Did you get to listen to that playlist at all? I did. I did get to listen to it. And I was pleasantly surprised by how much I actually really liked it. So it's it's emo I could get into, which is something I was searching for in January. Um, now, the fact that it was 20 songs long <laughs> kind of made it hard to listen to it front to back. I got, you know, you got the album to feed time too. But uh, yeah, man, I, I loved it. Um it was it was uh, it was cool to listen to the album and then listen to you and Chaz talk about it and uh, what it meant to you guys because clearly I'm coming into it with my f- fresh eyes and just seeing how much it meant to you guys. I mean, you went an hour and a half, so uh, that's 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 saying something. It's cool to hear two people talk about something they're passionate about. So for, I appreciated it more after listening to you guys talk about it. So yeah, I think that's why I saved it for a week that you were going to be off because. It was so deeply personal, and I knew it was for him too. That like, it would have just felt weird trying to explain it or like draft it between me and you. Like, I don't know. It was super personal. Ben, did you have any any thoughts? Because I know you didn't know the Wonder Years at all either. Yeah, I mean, basically what I had said on the Discord, but um, like, I was I really dug his vocals specifically. Um, there was something there's something super super clean about the way or just his voice not even the way he sings just his voice in general yet it's always got no matter what he's doing with it it's always got that just little tinge of emo angst it never really leaves even if he's doing something super clean um it was really it was really fun it's uh in the episode itself i <laughs> i just thought it was hilarious that i'm pretty sure chaz is just the songwriter like, yeah, yeah. Literally every single event seems to follow his life, which is pretty funny. I don't I, I've never met the guy, but um, I feel like I know him deeply now. So that's that's always fun. Yeah, that's uh, the first time Chaz and I hung out like that conversation we had was almost verbatim. Like, hey, do you want to know the very deepest, darkest parts of my mind? Guess what? <laughs> we're going to go on a two hour drive to a concert. We're going to talk about it all. So um <laughs> No, it's, just listen just listen to the wonder years you got it it's, yeah exactly it but yeah cool i i just wanted to circle back and make sure i had your your thoughts on it because um i don't do a lot of episodes without kevin i know you came in for the last 15 minutes but i i was still curious about your your thoughts on it so that's cool yeah man um does anyone have anything else because i got a few more things i want to get into before we get into the the heart of the episode i'm no, gonna go, go. For it. shoot from the hip Bill. all right uh, so I watched this thing called Song Explorer, How Music Gets Made on Netflix. It's a few years old. I don't know if anyone's watched it, um, but 
the two episodes that I thought were interesting were the killers talking about how they made the song when we were young and nine inch nails did one for hurt and both were amazing for different reasons. But, um, I, I learned a lot about Trent Reznor and how much I love and hate him, which is <laughs> goes hand in hand with most artists, but it was so funny because he does, he like welcomed them in to talk about how he made this song and refused to talk about where his mindset was for the lyrical content. He's like, no, it'll ruin the song for someone. And it's like, dude, you, why did you do this documentary? If you don't want to talk about why you or how you, where you were at when you made this song, all the shit like, and he's like, yeah, the lyrics are super personal, but I'm not going to go there. Like, okay, well episodes over then, I guess. You know, See, this is just to be cool. Yeah. To be this, is why I don't, this is why I don't care about lyrics most of the time. Cause it's like, it's either super personal or it doesn't mean shit. So take it for what it what it is. Listen to the music. If it makes you feel something great. Had you have you guys watched that on Netflix? I have not. I still no, prefer documentaries. I prefer like the the vices like behind the song. There's usually like a one hit wonder or whatever. But those are really cool. Very similar in uh in spirit. But yeah, if you haven't seen it on Netflix, I think I saw a TikTok giving like a very small clip from the Trent Reznor one. So I checked it out and it was at least worth a half hour. Um, if you're yeah. looking for something during meals or something. Um, I was, I was also featured on another podcast, the vinyl countdown. I think I've talked about this, um, but we talked about Amberlin cities, uh, from 2007 and I'm going to put the link in the bio if anyone's interested in like another semi related episode. Uh, it was really cool. And Jeremy is, uh, really like boots on the ground with vinyl stuff. And it's, it's really cool to hear how in depth he gets with variants and how much was released and all that fun stuff. So it's just a different caveat to something we already kind of do. Hell yeah, man. Um, yeah. I'm, uh, Jeremy's ever forever on my, my good list. Cause he agrees with me about good Charlotte. So yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only interaction you guys have ever had is him saying, <laughs> yeah. I agree with Kevin. Well, you had, you had him as a guest on, OTBC once, right? Yeah, I think that's when it was another time Kevin needed time off. I think it's the only other time. Yep. And that was shoot circa 2021 probably. Um super unrelated but uh it is music related. I get to go finally meet Mason Miller who we're going to talk about here in a bit. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I'm flying down to Tampa in August, and uh, I'm going to see All-American Rejects, Newfound Glory, The Starting Line, Get Up Kids. Uh, I haven't seen The Starting Line or Get Up Kids, and I'm very, very, very excited. All-American Rejects, great live band. Um, so, yeah, there's everything you need to know about me. What's up with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm all moved in. This is my first show in the new apartment. So, Ooh. yeah, still got some... Uh, some shit to unpack, but it's all shit that should probably stay in a tote anyway. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. We'll have to get that wall, some character soon, bud. I got some of it. I got my big map to hang up. I got my Times square picture to hang up still. So those, that map will probably go right behind me. Heck yeah. Um, all right. Who wants to go first? Ben's got an idea of how he wants to do this. So Ben, tell us how we're going to go. Okay, so why don't we just go ahead and start off? We'll share. It doesn't necessarily have to be our number one, like this is my favorite, but just the first one we have on our list for 
our top concert experiences, live show, festival? Um, it's a pretty open-ended question. Um, you guys just want me to kick it off? Yeah, and, and I can't imagine why we think Ben's trying to take over the show. He's already restructuring it, strong-arming his way on. Slowly, yeah, the banner is going to change. He's going to take over our social <laughs> media. Um, yeah, but kind of just in a like a, a before before we get into it. Yeah, we I think we talked um, last week just how much live music we've been watching on YouTube. And it kind of sparked yeah. the idea of like maybe doing another live playlist. But I think having like a conversation about our best live music experiences is way more interesting this week. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a conversation that should be had on this on this podcast, right? Um, we've talked about tons of music. You guys, especially, have talked about tons of music that you love or are new to. Um, but very rarely have have has the show ever featured live music, which is what really sells us all on the experience, right? At the end of the day, um, you don't know how much you really love someone until you see them live. Um, so for me specifically, it's a very loaded topic. Um, you know, concerts are one of my absolute favorite things in the world. So it's no wonder I'm so damn broke all the time, but uh, I just can't stay away from pummeling my eardrums and my wallet into oblivion to my favorite acts. <laughs> um, it's because there's something just so magical about being there and feeling the music I love, uh, or even if it's just music I, I kind of like. Um, it's worth the cost almost every time. Um, you know, I've been to shows that made my day, my week, my month, my month, um, even shows that have legit changed my life. So, and well, hell, even some shows that I'll never forget, even if I don't remember them. So that's, I guess, my opening thoughts for this. Do you guys have anything other than that? If not, I'll just jump right into the first one I have. Yeah, man, go for it. Hell yeah. All right. So you guys know me. Um, if I didn't give myself some structure to this, I was just going to gush over EDM and festivals the whole time. So I tried to structure myself out of that. Um, and I kind of went one EDM, one non-EDM, and one festival. Because um, I don't want to go plus ultra Benji on festivals. <laughs> um Plus, I have already talked about my probably my number one top music going experience ever, which was uh, Above and Beyond at Electric Forest 2017. But if you want to hear more about that epic tale, go ahead and throw on the Songs That Changed My Life episode from the OTC, OTBC Boys. Look at that. Throwbacks See? from the guests. Deep See, I got plugs. I got plugs built in and everything, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here, here's my next note. Hex, while you're at it. Check out the old cat, the other old catalogs for more episodes you'd like. These cats are up to something really cool. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Ben. He's he's buttering us up right before he dethrones us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely not. Couldn't do it. Wouldn't be able to do it without you, Dill. Um, <laughs> but not Kevin. Nah, dude. I just show up. I don't do shit. You guys can, this this show will live on long past I when I die, probably in about a week. <laughs> Anywho, let's kick down the doors <laughs> on this beast. Um, so my number one, I'll just go with my EDM and get it out of the way. Um, this for me, I wanted to talk about Lane Eight 
at Scully's in Columbus, Ohio in 2018. I was by myself, uh, which is a fantastic way to see somebody you really love, by the way. Um, Always great with friends or family or whatever, but check out a show by yourself if you've never done it. It's a lot of fun. I've never done it. This one in particular. Really? It's, you gotta, yeah, I do it at least once. It's, you don't have to pay attention to anything else or do anything else. It's just you and the music. Um, and I think that's part of why this was such a special night for me. Um, Lane eight and Columbus, he's been a favorite of mine for years. Um, he's got like a very progressive house, um, progressive trance, deep house style. Um, maybe that means something to Kevin. <laughs> Hopefully it'll mean can, something to you one day, Dill. I, I can parse it together a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, Bless you. It's, very spacey and like um, always evolving kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of anti-drops kind of stuff like that. Um, but I knew it was going to be a special night the second I walked in the door. And I got to the box office guy and they were asking us to tape up our phones and not record anything. And they were serious about it. And so I had to tape up my phone camera and, you know, just not bring it out during the show, basically, to try to record anything. I actually saw people be asked to leave in a very plural way. Um, so they promised not to do it again. They let them retape their phone, you know, go have a good time, whatever. But Dude, I fucking, I love that before you go any further, yeah. because my, one of my biggest annoyances at shows is people recording the entire show. First mm-hmm. of all, just fucking enjoy being there. What's the point? Like you're watching the whole show through your phone. You could just watch a YouTube video, get the same experience too. None of your friends give a shit. They don't care. They're not going to watch the whole. They're not going to watch the yeah. four hundred Instagram post, story posts you're going to post. It's like yeah. nobody cares, man. Just enjoy it and be there. Three, it ruins my experience, right? Because I have to see a bunch of phone screens up in the air, and it's like I just kind of want to see the people playing. So uh, that's fucking dope to me. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really cool. I, I'd never seen that concept pulled off before, so I really enjoyed it. But the, the venue itself, it was also... It's so Scully's is the same place we saw Twerp, Kevin. So yeah. Some, some reference for it. Um, there were no openers. No openers on the bill. You just walk in, you get your phone taped up, and you walked into this blacked-out bar. So it was Scully's, but they, they made it darker. They blacked everything out, um, and it was just one man and a minimalistic light show on stage. It wasn't packed to the rafters. Um, this kind of trancy music is not super popular in Columbus. So it was just right for me. Just me and the DJ locked in an epic dance journey through these wandering backdrops he had of lush fields, happy crowds, and seas of stars. Um, He had just released a new album that year that I loved, Little by Little, in 2018. Uh, So I thought we were just going to hear most of that. But he really kept me guessing the the whole time. Like, it was, he was just kind of frolicking through his sound and his whole repertoire, um, like some kind of wunderkind. Um, it was it was honestly inspiring. And there was this whole middle set, uh, middle stretch of his set where the whole kind of atmosphere of everything around you shifted. And it was somehow obvious that he was just playing around. Like he was just kind of creating a set he was never intending to play again or ever record. It was just kind of a stream of consciousness thing. Um, and then the tone shifted a bit, you know, towards the end of the set. And looking back now, I know I heard things that I would later love on his next couple albums. So I've seen him a few other times and I've never been disappointed. Uh, he just, Lane 8 bangs in such a vague, understated way, but I can't 
wait until he's back in my eardrums again. So that is number one for me, boys. That's a special night I will never, ever forget. Um, and I think it's a, more than anything, I think it's a a promotion for going to see something that you really want to see by yourself, even if nobody wants to go with you. When did you say that show was? 2018. Awesome. First time I saw him was 2016 working security at Electric Forest. So I was kind of working like as he was playing in the background and I kind of knew him already, but I didn't really know him. And as I was like getting people into the gate, I'm hearing this guy just go off. I'm like, what the fuck? I got to look into this. So I saw him again in uh, 2018 and then 2019 Electric Forest. He blew the house off. Um, blew the house off? <laughs> I wasn't going to I was going to just going to let it ride then. You're fine. All right. Um, and then again, last year at Breakaway Fest here in Columbus, and he's, he never disappoints. He's amazing. I actually have something. That my One of my experiences is very similar in in the way you had to put your phone away. So if, if you're ready, yeah. I'm going to just hop into mine, Kev. Yeah, I mean, just real quick, like I think that's before you move on, Dill, like one of the things I love about EDM shows is – you do kind of never know what you're going to get, right? Because they're always going to do some sort of different live mix that you've never heard before, or they'll sample other shit that's popular at the time, or they'll kind of follow the meta and what's going on in the festival scene. And so you never really know what's going to happen. And I think that's part of what makes EDM shows so special outside of the light shows and the bass thumping through your chest and just the all around good vibes that are at those shows. That, that, mix of stuff is what really gets me going for edm shows so like i said it's just you never know what you're gonna get and that's what i kind of love about them so now that i'm off my soapbox deal what do you got for us yeah uh i've never been to an edm show so that sounds really interesting and you guys have been doing the uh the soft launch for uh edm for me for the last three years so uh, yeah. it's it's only a matter of time before we end up at a show the three of us so i'm really excited for something like that um and I'm going to so much live music this year. This is kind of the perfect year for us to, to cover this and kind of discuss this. But um, the first one I want to discuss is when I went to Montana last year, I saw John Mayer and Dave Chappelle at the Pine Creek Lodge. Um, it was called Rise for the River Controlled Danger. And there were these huge floods in Montana. I think everyone's seen the, the footage from Yellowstone getting flooded out last year. There were some entrances that were closed there was a lot of rain a lot of flooding in montana and uh john mayer actually lives in livingston and so for three weekends in a row he did this uh this big event where he would have people one of some of his friends come out and it was a suit it it, hands down i'm glad i'm talking about this first because it kind of plays off what ben was talking about it was the one of the coolest live music and artist experiences of my life because it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, we were about to leave from our trip. It was the day before we left. And um, my ex's uncle called us and was like, hey, um, you guys want to see John Mayer and Dave Chappelle tomorrow? And we were like, sure. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, but if I had a wish list, definitely I would love to see him. And he's <laughs> like, okay, all right. Um, sounds good. And kind of just hangs up. So the next day we're like doing stuff and we're just like planning on going home. Like we're just like kind of packing all our stuff up and getting everything ready um, at the Airbnb. And he calls us and he's like, hey, meet me out 
in Livingston at 4 p.m. Um, so we're like, okay. So we drive out there, super kind of stressful because it's like, we don't have tickets. We don't know where we're going. We don't know where to park. And it's only sold to like 200 people or something crazy like that. Right. Um, so we get there and we're waiting and we're waiting and cell phone service is kind of spotty. So we're trying to call our uncle and lo and behold, he shows up on a party bus. He's like, uh, let's go to the front of the line. So we walk around to the front of the line and he's like, uh, they're with us. We're so-and-so. And they're like, okay. And they just, we would walk in. It was like, how did this happen? This, it doesn't yeah. feel real. Like I thought for sure we we're going to get turned away. All right, whatever. That's cool. We showed up. We saw the venue. It was like a true like campsite, this this venue. And they had turned it into kind of a, like a, a stage. And when you got there, they give you this like soft, plush Ziploc bag. And you put your phone in there. You zip it closed. And they lock it. And you can't get your phone back to the end of the show. So I loved it. And for many, many reasons, like you guys all discussed, but for the top reason being like they had free form when they went up there. There was no fear of like what they said was going to be held against them. There's no videos that are going to go viral. It's just like it was so intimate. I mean, we were probably we were a couple rows back off to the left, but it was like this doesn't feel real. Like, I feel like I'm hanging out with Dave Chappelle and John Mayer. So John Mayer That's gets awesome. up there, plays an acoustic really? set. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, go. yeah, no, go, go, go. Uh, so John Mayer's playing an acoustic, set, or an acoustic set, playing some hits, and then he starts mixing in songs that everyone knows. And it was really cool and played some deep cuts. And everyone knew the songs because John Mayer says, like, during his set, he's like, I rode my four-wheeler here. That's how close I live to this place. Like, this place means a lot to me. Everyone here means a lot to me. Thank you so much for coming. Um, and then he ends the set, and he's like, all right. Um... Dave Chappelle and Dave Chappelle walks out and he's drinking and he's got a joint and he's smoking a joint telling a bunch of jokes and his standup was great. I, I can't remember any of the jokes off the top of my head, but it was just so awesome. And as he gets maybe 40 minutes into his standup and he goes, all right, John, come on back out. So John comes back out and they're just kind of talking about how they became friends. And I guess, um, John Mayer was on his show at one point and he's like, I just yeah. kind of thought he was some corny white dude. And then we started hanging out and I thought he was really cool. And they told a story about how uh, Dave Chappelle and John Mayer were like doing shrooms on his back porch at his place in Montana. And it was just all of it was like, this is not real. It feels like you're hanging out with these two guys who are larger than life celebrities, but they're just so down to earth. It was so incredible. So then they basically do like a karaoke set for the next hour where they're they're like, uh, hey, someone throw us up here a, a joint and weed's legal in Montana. So someone just like throws a joint up on stage. <laughs> Dave Chappelle lights it up and he's just like smoking a joint and just freestyle freestyle and karaoke. It was amazing. And it was like, how did we get here? It was beyond a doubt, like the most bizarre day of my life and it was uh it was an incredible show and i'm super thankful that they put it on and i bought a poster to commemorate it in a t-shirt so um yeah yeah that was it sorry that was so long-winded no, no that's good. awesome man that's that's freaking sweet that's that's another beautiful thing that music can provide that sometimes you just don't think about until it happens right is just spur of the moment kind of shit it's like 
it doesn't have to be a live show. Maybe you're just listening to something that makes you think of something like, fuck it. It's time. Let's go. Let's do this. Um, but that, I mean, that's awesome, man. Like those, those are the best kind of experiences. Something you just say, like, you're not, maybe you're not even sure about, but you know what? I want to do this. Let's check it out. I'm, I'm glad you had such a good time. That sounds freaking sweet. Yeah. That's, that's like a fucking dream scenario to me because I love both of them. John Mayer is one of the best guitar players of all time in my mind. And Dave Chappelle is the best stand-up comedian of all time in my mind. I think, um, and the 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 when John Mayer was on his show, that's one, that's one of my favorite uh, skits from the show. It's it's fucking incredible. They were like doing what was it, Ben? It was like they were trying to figure out like white people can dance; they just need the right music. And yeah, so, yeah, exactly. John- so they were going around to like different places. <laughs> yeah, and then they went to they went to like a, a barber shop, like a like a Harlem style like barber shop, and like nobody responded to the music at all. But then they went to like a library or something. I can't remember where they went, but <laughs> like all the white people start dancing. <laughs> it's a great fucking skit, man. Um, but yeah, again, that's such a weird friendship too. That kind of I don't know what the story is, but it, that's two people you'd never think would cross paths and become really good friends. And I think it's just super cool that you got to see them just kind of hang out and be like a fly on the wall for that. And then that's that's the stuff dreams are made of. And um but yeah, to your point, Ben, isn't it because if I remember correctly, that Lane 8 show was kind of the same for you. You kind of just like, he's in town, I'm going to go. Because I think I remember I wanted to do something with you that night and you're like, nah, I got, I'm going to go to this show. If I, yeah. I may be confusing it, but. Um, well, there, there have been a, a few like that for me that either I just, I didn't know they were there until like the night of. Um, I think that might have been one of those or I found out, I found out he was going to be there like. I think it was like four or five days before the show actually happened. Like I just stumbled upon it somewhere. Uh, oh shit. I have to be there. Um, there's also one that I forgot about and <laughs> I already had tickets to, and I forgot about it until like 10 PM. I was sitting out on my patio, drinking a beer and doing my budget. <laughs> <laughs> and I popped into my email for some reason, and saw my tickets. Oh fuck. That's tonight. Hell yeah. Slammed down the laptop and just went. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. That's and great. I think it kind of plays off something uh, our friend Sammy and I were talking about the other day. Just like the more impulsive and dis- like if you plan something out too far in advance, then there's expectation. And then like if you let the day come to you or like something like that, where it's just like, OK, we'll see where it goes. And then it unfolds that way. It's it makes for such a better story than like, yeah, I plan to go to this concert. I went to the concert. The concert was great. And then I went home. And yeah. so just having a day unfold like that is, is really cool. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. awesome for you, man. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, I, feel, I feel bad because I don't feel like mine's not going to live up now. But uh, if you guys are ready, I'll hop into mine. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so I'm going to go with my first real concert experience, which... It was a doozy of a first concert experience because it was Ozfest 03. Um, I don't remember, but I went with my older brother Jason. Jason's actually taken me to quite a few. He's, Jason's going to be a main mainstay in my stories for the for my my experiences. Uh, but yeah, he took me to Ozfest 03, and it was surreal because I again I didn't know what a all day festival looked like. I had no idea, and I was fucking obliterated by the time Ozzy came on and we actually left in the middle of Ozzy's set because we're both like I'm fucking exhausted we've been here since 10 a.m he didn't go on till 10 p.m <laughs> so um couldn't have drove me was, kicking and screaming from Ozzy yeah I mean I, I wanted to stay but I got to see Zach Wilde do a solo who yeah. I was really excited about because I was all about Black Label Society at the time 
And uh, I was like, fuck, I got to see Black Zach Wilde do his thing. Uh, but yeah, it was really fucking cool, man, because like I said, I didn't have any real concept of what a live show was at that point. I think, Ben, we went to see the Blue Man Group before that at the Nutter yeah. Center up in Dayton. Yeah. But to me, that was like a family trip and it was like, whatever. It was yeah. cool. But um, my first real concert was Ozfest 03. And it was just walking around and seeing the types of people that are at a festival and like how it's just like this world in and of itself. I mean, just women walking around butt ass naked, basically, yeah. Uh, yeah. body paint. And, I, you know, as a young, young teenager, I was like, oh, shit, what the fuck? I, I thought I had to work to see this kind of stuff. And now it's just <laughs> here for free on a platter. And then I got to see some fucking incredible metal bands, like bands I wasn't even thinking about. I got to see um, Cannibal Corpse. They, they led the, the second stage. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. Kill Switch Engage and All That Remains had great fucking sets uh, during that on that second stage. And Chimera, who is uh, I think one of one of the more underrated metal bands of that era, had one of the coolest moments I've ever seen. Where there's there's a ton of people in that band. There's like five or six of them, and they all got up on the front of the stage. And when they did a breakdown, they all did like a synchronized windmill headbang. And it was, I was like, holy shit, that's fucking awesome. That's metal as fuck. And it was just, I'll never forget it, dude, because we were pretty close to the stage at that time. And just to see like five guys with like long ass hair doing a synchronized windmill, I was like, yes, this is, this is what, this is why live music is worth it. Because you can listen to this song on our album, but you'll never see five dudes do a synchronized <laughs> windmill. windmill. Um, and then the main stage, I knocked off some bucket listers. Marilyn Manson, Disturbed, Corn, Ozzy, <clears throat> by proxy, um, Black uh, Black Label Society was Zach Wild. Um, Chevelle was also on the main stage. I took a little nap during that set because <laughs> I wasn't super interested in watching Chevelle. I laid down in the grass in the, at the main stage. It was at Polaris, Ben, up in Columbus. Um, oh, really? Yeah. The amphitheater there. That's something uh, you oh, have. That doesn't exist anymore. That's, yeah, I think exactly. that's what they built the Ikea on. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's a uh, so it was that's a, it's a venue that doesn't exist and it was a fucking awesome venue for that for that type of show. And uh it's again it's just something I'll never forget because I went from never having seen a live show to seeing fucking 10 bands that would have been on my bucket list. So what a way to knock out my first live experience it, as far as like just seeing everything I could have wanted to see as a as a teenager in high school like I'm going to do it all at once. Fuck it. Um, and I will say, Marilyn Manson's live set, I know he's been canceled because he's a fucking creepo weirdo. What a big surprise, right? But yeah. um, his his live set was fucking wild. Um, at one point, he was shoving a microphone up a girl's ass, I think. Oh. <laughs> it was fucking wild, man. Um, man, who could but, have seen that cancel coming? Yeah, who could have seen it coming, <laughs> right? Oh, 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 three times were weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, th I think uh, there is something about seeing Jesus. so a lot of big bands. That sounds like very similar to a Warp Tour story I'm going to have coming up. Like getting, you don't get the full experience of seeing a band live, but you get to see bands that you might not like. You can't go to every show, but to get to see a big culmination of bands, and I think that's why festivals like that are so cool. Um, yeah, that's so cool. Do you have a list of all the bands you saw then, or? I, I don't. I could look at. I I lost my Ozfest shirt, and I'm so pissed about it, man. I don't know where it mm. went. Yeah, that's. I, 
had a big red demon on the front. It was fucking cool. Oh. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find it through my vintage shopping. I'm gonna find it for you. Yeah, dude, I'd love it because it, it damn sure wouldn't fit me anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> I was about uh, 60 pounds lighter at that point in my life. So Ozfest 03, right? Ozfest 03. Uh, it was fucking incredible. What a what a way to kick off a live music experience. And thanks to Jason for bringing me, man. Yeah. So. That's something yeah. about Big Brothers, man. They they always are the guiding light. I'm sure Ben yep. feels the same way about you. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Um, the uh, especially especially through our LimeWire <laughs> more than, yeah. more than anything. Yeah. But, <laughs> There's so many strange songs that we listen to, Ben. Like oh, that yeah. fucking weird Bob Marley remix that mm-hmm. I couldn't find for like 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, so I think we're gonna do our first submission, and we're gonna do Mason's first. I thought we were gonna do let's, Lily first. Let, let's do oh, Lily. Oh, let's do Lily. Yeah, my my room is is approximately ten thousand degrees. So <laughs> she, she's been sitting patiently, yeah. Native American style, on the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you ready, Lily? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, by the way, she's actually here. So uh, give us just a moment. Distract, distract the populace. Everyone, so switch over the headphones. We're gonna we're gonna chant Lily until she gets up here. Lily, 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 like this? Yes. That's perfect. Okay, good. Uh, so, uh, while Ben was talking, well, actually, while all you guys were talking, I was making notes on my phone because that's what I do. I wait till the last minute and then I wing it. Um, but uh, I feel like my submission doesn't fit the vibe of what you guys have been talking about because you've been talking about like really badass heavy metal and ADM and stuff like that. And I have like a really weird folk band that I'm obsessed with. Lily, don't don't worry about it. We me and Dylan decided you're way cooler than us from your first submission. So Fuck yeah. You're, you're you good. did say that in the um the last submission I made, so uh that's on recording. So I, I guess it must be true. So it, it's true. Uh but uh so like I sent you guys on Instagram, um my my favorite band of all time is Lord Huron, and I have yet to to this day, to meet anybody who's ever even heard of them. Um, I'm the only person I know that has heard of them. Uh, so that's what I mean by, like, I have a weird taste in weird indie folk music. But, um, and uh, and the, the other thing I was going to bring up is, like, you guys were, like, talking about how it's, like, really dumb that people, like, use their phones the whole time to record yeah. stuff. It's, like, who's going to watch that? Um, and I agree with that. But I'm also guilty of doing that because yeah, I, because <laughs> at this concert, which was last summer, like I, I couldn't help it. Like I was like, I have to record at least like 15 seconds of my favorite tracks of these guys because, like, you know, this is like a once in a lifetime thing. And I'm really glad I did because to this day, I will still, if I'm having a bad day, I will like scroll back in my Instagram and watch that 30 second clip and be like, oh, that was a really good show. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. but the the um. The song that I sent you guys um, is called Meet Me in the Woods. And um, 
just a side note, I was going to send in a clip from their other song from the same album called Fool for Love. And I really like that song. It's not my favorite, but I still really like it because in the first verse, there's a line that says, before I commence my ride, I'm asking Lily to be my bride. Oh, and my name's Lily. So I was like, uh, and a side side note, the lead singer of that band, whose name is Ben, by the way, he did an AMA on Reddit. And um, I made a comment saying, who's that line about? Because my name's Lily. And I really like that line, but (laughs) he didn't respond. So (laughs) (laughs) we like we'll pretend he saw it and, and had a silent little moment to himself. I think he saw it and he was just like so stunned he didn't he couldn't think of a response. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but this um, concert was I dragged my sister to it again. She didn't know she's into the whole more uh, like more popular top forty kind of music kind of thing. Taylor and, Swift. Yes. Oof. She's Oof. a big time it. Yeah. Like, that's okay. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Uh, but I dragged her to this concert and this concert was like a sit on the grass on your colorful woven blanket and get stoned and watch this band kind of thing, which is not what she's into, but that's like my kind of thing. And uh, the, my favorite song that I showed you was like the second or third one they played. And it was, uh, this was in June of last year. It was like 90 degrees. And we had been there like, 45 minutes before the concert before the opener even started so we were like dying in the heat but they like they started and um it was like the second song that they played and it was um i was like oh my gosh they're playing my song and uh the the backdrop on the stage was like a middle of nowhere desert kind of thing looking which like fits their vibe perfectly and uh the like the lighting on the stage like corresponded with the the the, uh like the melody really well it was just like not to sound corny but it was like really magical and i was like so happy to like finally hear my favorite song by like my favorite band that i'm so cool because nobody else has ever heard of (laughs) you know there's no there's no better feeling than like knowing a band that no one else knows it's the best yeah yeah but the other nice thing is is that at that concert i was surrounded by people who have heard of that and that was the only time in my life that i have been around people who have heard of my favorite band too uh and along with that like this band has like a it almost has like a cult following to it like with the whole because like they have a really if you listen to like any other albums in in succession like you know one after another kind of thing they tell like a really creepy dark kind of story like they have a very dark theme to each of their songs and it, it it's you only understand that if you listen to each album in order you know, with each song and everything like that. And like their, the themes of their songs are like, you know, really dark, kind of creepy. And uh, it is like, to me, it makes it like more special and intriguing because it's just like, it's really interesting and kind of creepy. And I'm into that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it, it, it was like, it meant so much to me to see them live because again, you know, I'm so cool, and I'm the only person who's ever heard of it. <laughs> but, um, oh, and I'm wearing my T-shirt I got at the concert, too, 
yes. uh, you know, because you know, for good luck and everything, and yes. it's a, it's a, it's, it's got a creepy graphic on it, you know, because they're 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 creepy and everything. And actually, I, I talked Ben into listening to um, the Strange Trails album, which is the album this uh, song was from, um, and uh, he he told me he liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty darn good, boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, it's one of those things, like, you don't get it unless, like, you listen to it start to finish, and then, like, you, you really understand, oh, okay, I get their uh, theme and their vibe, and it's creepy and it's dark, but if you really listen to the lyrics, it's like, oh, wow, that's 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 interesting. That's that's uh, They put some time into that uh, that storytelling and everything, so. Yeah, I mean, we're all about that kind of shit. Like, I love like concepts and stuff like yeah. I'll talk about all kinds of shit where I'm not into lyrics, but when it's that well thought out, that, that gets me going. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I have the, I actually bought it at the concert, the, that my favorite album on vinyl and uh, it like, I'll, I, you know, again, I'm so cool. I have a record player. I have vinyl. <laughs> um, and it, you know, it's like, again, start to finish. It's like, it sounds so good and you can like really appreciate the storytelling and everything like that. Um, so I don't know, like it, it what, <laughs> um, am I running out of time? I, well, Dill, did you see we have, we're yeah getting close to our time here. Yeah. Okay. I can stop talking. No, no, no. We'll, we'll just... <laughs> okay. Yeah, don't, okay. Don't worry. Sorry. I was, I was rambling. No, no you're, no. Good. you're good. I love it. Thank you for sharing, Lily. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that was everything in my notes that I hastily put together. And we, we're going to include your Meet Me in the Woods track and like the songs of the show. So everyone can, can go check it out. We're going to, we're going to spread the good word person by person. Yeah, make make sure some other people know about you know this Lord Huron because they're they're fantastic and they're they're my favorite thing and uh, I, I could I could probably like pick apart the entire album and you know go way into depth about why you know like Ben with his album of um, uh, Two Vines where every every track he's like okay this is my favorite song <laughs> and then the next one he's like actually you know what. No, this is my favorite song. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, 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 no, I get that. Okay. That sounds like an episode <laughs> in the making. <laughs> awesome, yeah. Lily, thank you for coming on. I know, I don't know if this is your first podcast experience, but uh, you did a fantastic job. Oh, thank you. I was worried I was going to sound really awkward and you're going to have to edit out a lot of my... Uh... No, no. We, we don't edit around here. No. <laughs> we don't the, edit. The only time I've actually edited <laughs> is when Ben sent in an audio clip one time and it i swear to god there was like two minutes of space in between some of the things he said <laughs> yeah, he's like oh god i just love it i love it i <sighs> actually was on one podcast one other time a long time ago where i told a ghost story that you wouldn't i could share but you wouldn't think it's true as a story for another day but you know <laughs> i you know <laughs> Cool. Thanks, Lily. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Lily. Hey, <laughs> thanks, guys. All right, so we uh, we have another audience submission. Uh, it's from Mason Miller, and Mason Miller was kind enough to send us an audio clip. So, let's check her out.
Hey, Kevin. Hey, Dylan. Just wanted to tell you guys about my favorite concert that I've ever been to. It was Pusha T back in 2018 for his Daytona tour, which was really fun because that was the album you guys let me come on and talk about. It was in Indianapolis and myself and three buddies drove up from Cincinnati because we were going to UC at the time. And we we're going to this show that was near Butler's campus, but it was on a Sunday, and it just so happened that the Colts played that afternoon too. So we drove up really, really early and went to the Colts pregame party and everything. And I still remember us smuggling Ryan Geist Truths in our big winter parkas because it was cold as anything that day, and we just caught a really good buzz before before going into that game. And then we uh, we sobered up while the game was happening. We drove over to Butler's campus, had dinner, had some more beers. Then we went into the Pusha T concert, and oh my gosh, that was so much fun. It was definitely just a standing room only pit type of venue, but it was packed, and we were along the railing, and Push put on an awesome show. There was no opener. It was just him. He was playing all the hits, and it was just so much fun so it's great to uh it's great to hear from you guys and i love you all bye that's that's so sweet i yeah. love him i love Mason. Both, his, both his message at the end and the the show can we talk about the craziest well, I- part of all of that the fact that he drank IPAs earlier in the day and let himself come down from an ipa drinking like <laughs> That would put any man to bed. To bed. I I I think that was a bit of CYA, where he's like, "Don't worry, guys. I sobered up before I drove to the next venue." <laughs> okay. Yeah. That that's fair. Yeah. But I've been a little bit cover my ass here. Just say you Ubered, because man, coming down from an IPA <laughs> yeah, buzz, yeah. Whew, that that would uh that would put any man and that's like taking Benadryl and then staying up the rest of the day. But no, that's yeah. I I love that. I love. And the the imagery of being at a railing, I don't think you can understate, especially guys like me and Kevin. I know I know Ben likes to be in the pit. Me and Kevin want to be off to the side, so being having a railing by you where no one can be like in your immediate little area, and just getting to like lean on a railing and get to watch is fucking awesome. Yeah, man, it's uh, I got a very similar story about a railing coming up here. That's Ooh, right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, mama. Oh, I thought we were talking about live music, bro. <laughs> hey. Okay. Weird, weird shit happens at shows, man. Yeah, you said it. Um, <laughs> that's that's that was fantastic. Though. What a freaking day, man. If they and if they did, if you guys did come down during the game, Mason, that's kudos. Hats off. I've never been able to not drink a beer at a sporting event. So, <laughs> yeah. That's that's an that's a day only college kids could accomplish because a. A NFL game would be enough for me for one day, but doing that and then going to a a concert in the same day, that's that's a full day. It's that youthful vigor, man. I love it. Um, So yeah, we're, we're going to kind of spread out. This is Ben's idea. Uh, So if it doesn't work, just let us know. And uh, (laughs) uh, we're going to spread out our audience submissions. So we had Lily, we had Mason and uh, we're going to get back to our picks. So, Ben, you're up for your second pick. Oh, yeah. So my second pick was the non-EDM one, um, which I've been to a lot less of these, but 
which is unfortunate. I need I need to get back to a few more because there's a lot of other shit I like out there. But this one is a pretty recent one, actually. Um, and I wanted to wait for Kevin to be here. I don't know what the hell he's doing. There he is. <laughs> but it's uh, so basically back in 2021, we went to go see um, Mr. Billy Joel at Great American Ballpark with uh, with our dear old mom. Um, and <laughs> my God, it, it was just such an amazing show. It's, this was it was a 2019 Christmas present um, and it kind of left us hanging on the edge. Uh, with the 2020 date got canceled and obviously Billy's up there in age. So I was so damn glad that old Bill made it through unscathed through the pandemic to be able to put on one hell of a show in Cincy. Uh, this, this is one of those nights I'll always remember because one, um, I was with family Two, we were seeing an act that we all love. And my mom, especially, you know, she grew up with, um, and being from New York too. And then three, he sounded great. And this wasn't just a great for being in his 70s kind of show. He just sounded great. Um, you know, maybe maybe a little bit less energetic than he was in his younger years, but his voice and his piano showed no signs of wear. And he gave me every song I wanted to hear except literally one. Um, and I had, I just had such a grand old time um, just singing and dancing the night away right alongside him and my mom and my brother and everyone else in that crowd because everybody knew every song. Everybody was into it from start to finish. Um, and he was playing all the hits, so, you know, like he said when he came on, I got nothing new for you. Same old shit. <laughs> yeah. um, so he kept it lively and entertaining through the breaks. And it's just it's one of those nights I will always live clearly in my memory. And I am so glad I got to see Billy Joel. It's nothing like a good old BJ. <laughs> yeah, good, good, good on you, Ben. Uh, no, there was a ton of because I, you know, I obviously at that show as well, and I have a bunch of great moments from that show. Obviously, everybody turning to each other when, for my favorite lyric of all time. We're sharing a drink they call loneliness, but it's better mm -hmm. than drinking alone. And mm -hmm. everybody turned and sang it to each other. Mm -hmm. Was the fucking coolest shit in the world, dude. And it's um, got for me saying it. Ah, it's, it was so cool. Uh, mom running back for scenes from Italian restaurant. Yeah, she's like, she was in line. Oh, yeah, she's like, is this my song? And like, the yeah. lady's like, what are you talking about? It's Brenda and Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she so she came running back from the bathroom. Um, and then I shed real tears during that show. It was during a break, and one of his backup singers uh, did Nessun Dorma. And I fucking wept like a baby. It was beautiful. Um, it made me want to go see an opera because it had that big of an effect on me. And it's just, it's one of the most beautiful pieces of music I think ever written. And the fact that I heard it and it was a huge surprise to me, I just, I was overwhelmed and I cried actual literal tears while that, while that happened. So fucking awesome night. I'm glad you talked about it because it wasn't on my list. So I had other stuff I wanted to talk about. So yeah, man, what a, what a night. Yeah, that's that's and, amazing to get to go to a concert with like your parents and your brother and like that. Yeah, that's that's such a cool experience to have generations full of people at that show. Yeah. It really was, man. It was multi-generational in the crowd. It was it was really, really cool to see. Billy Joel is just one of those transcendent artists that it's that true old adage like your 10 year old 
granddaughter and your grandmother are going to love them all the same. So that's amazing. Yeah, if, you, if you don't like Billy Joel, you know, friend of mine. <laughs> I love it. Bill doesn't, Bill doesn't like Billy Joel. I don't think <laughs> I know the hits. I'm not like, yeah, I wasn't, I didn't grow up on him. Yeah, that's fair. I, I grew yeah. up on like eighties hair metal from my dad. And as long as as long as you're not one of those people who's at like actively bashing Billy Joel for for some ungodly reason. No, I, I grew out of the hating things. I I learned my lesson with the Beatles pretty and I I've learned, you know. There's a reason it's it's been popular for fifty plus years, you know? That's right. Yeah. But yeah, that's really cool. Um are you guys ready for my second pick? Let's yeah, go. Hop in. All right. This is uh this is the, the farthest back I'm gonna go. It's Warp Tour 2012. Go figure. Emo boy's gonna talk about Warp Tour. Um, <laughs> but it was on July 31st, 2012, at Riverbend in Cincinnati, which everyone around here knows. That's where you see most people in the summer in this area. Um, there's a lot more amphitheaters popping up in this area, but for the longest time, Riverbend's been the place. And Riverbend for Warp Tour. And Ohio's for Lovers Fest kind of turns into a different place. Like all the concrete areas turn into stages. Like Warp Tour had seven stages or something crazy. And so there was always two big stages and then like five little stages. So you could listen to music all all day, every or the whole day. And it was amazing. It was like an own little town. It was like the Renaissance Festival for for emo kids. Where you could go and like I don't even know. There was like always like meet and greets and like there was big merch tables. It was a whole, it was heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm glad it's not around anymore because I would feel obligated to go and I'm just not, my back is not ready for that. Um, <laughs> Ohio's for Lovers Fest definitely taught me that. Like we showed up at one and we left at like 10 and I was like, I was out of commission for a week. Um, but this doors opened at 10. I was there at 10, 15. And I stayed till 10 o'clock. Uh, and I actually have a list of bands, which most of these bands are now de debunked. But um, I saw A Loss for Words. I'd never seen them before. Haven't seen them since. Um, they just got back together. I saw Tonight Alive uh, right when they released the cover of uh, Little Lion Man, which is top 10 covers of all time. And my book, uh, Sleeping with Sirens, New Found Glory, Census Fail, Four Years Strong, Transit, R.I.P., uh, Man Overboard, also R.I.P., uh, Yellow Card, and Taking Back Sunday. Um, but Transit, Man Overboard, and Yellow Card, seeing those three in, in a row was like peak live music experience for me because I that was the only time I got to see Transit. And they broke up a few years after that. But seeing Transit was awesome because they were on kind of a side stage and getting to be that close and like getting to like the lead singer is like locking eyes with you because you're engaged and you're saying every word. And he's like, hell yeah, man. <laughs> and uh, I actually have a hat from that warp tour. Cause afterwards I got a hat signed from uh man overboard and all the members signed it. Actually, I'm going to go grab it real quick. You got... Give me, <laughs> give me like 10 seconds. We want to see it. Dill. I forgot it was hanging it. up. I just found it in my, my drawer. <laughs> every, every time I hear Dill mention hats on the show, it makes me think of, <laughs> I, mean, I want to, I want to Google hats. <laughs> I still think that should be the first t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. That's sick. 
So yeah, totally That's forgot I awesome. had that. All the members of Man Overboard signed it. Uh, Zach, the one of the lead singers, put Zach with a heart, which is so funny. Oh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, getting to see Man Overboard, uh, I've seen them a bunch of times. They're one of my favorite pop punk bands uh, from that era. That it's kind of nice that they don't make music anymore because they're kind of like it's like 2010s pop punk, and it never never got to be something to where it was like, oh, I didn't keep up, you know. Um, but they put on a hell of a show. One of my buddies, uh, we were like five rows in, and he stage dove or uh, did a what you call it, where they pick you up and crowd, crowd, crowd surf. Crowd surfed. Yeah. Uh, he crowd surfed. I thought it was awesome. I I don't have the balls to crowd surf ever. Um, but yeah, seeing Man Overboard, sick, and then getting to end the night seeing Yellow Card for the first time, and they're like we're way back, but like the sun's going down and Yellow Card's playing all the hits. It was just like, it was a really great feeling. And I remember someone like, it was like that time of night where people were like buying stuff. So people were like hitting a big old beach volleyball out in the stage and like people were hitting it up on stage and the lead singers like punching it back onto the crowd. In reality, it wasn't anything monumental, but just getting to see all these bands that like are now gone. And I'm like, I'm so glad I went. You know, I think I was tempted to not get off work to go because I was like, ah, I don't know. I've been to Warp Tour like four years in a row. It'll be here next year. But I'm really glad because this is a year I was really tempted to not go and I went. Yeah. Um, I think Warp Tour is one of those events that I wish I had gone to, even if it wasn't necessarily always my main taste. Um, and I, I, I get secondhand to like, nostalgia from you when you talk about it because you lived it you were there you were a warp tour kid and that is something because i wanted to be a skater growing up man that was it was skate culture and surf culture was like the thing when i was growing up and i feel like i missed out on a part of that and I'm, you know maybe my music taste would have been wildly different had i gone to some warp tours and i think that's dope as shit man i love that you had that experience and it kind of maybe a little bit leads into my story um we're going to wait for Ben to get ready here. He's doing some something. Some routine maintenance. <laughs> yeah. Benny? Computer was dying. Yeah. Yep. That's what I was doing when I was muted. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. So, Ben, do you have any thoughts on Warp Tour and, and what Dill's experience was? It's freaking awesome, man. I think, I think there's a reason why um, we all have something like that on our list, right? Um, my number three will be a festival experience. Uh, Kevin, you had one with, with OzFest. That kind of thing, it, it makes, it leaves its mark on you. When you see it, for, especially when you see it for the first time, like just being in that kind of atmosphere, that kind of environment, um, it, it changes something in you. It, like you, you don't realize that you can do that kind of thing in life. You can just go and listen to music and, just hang out with people who want to experience the same thing you do all freaking day and just vibe. It. And when you finally get to experience it, it's, it's euphoria. So I, I'm very glad that you got your, uh, that you got your experience with Warp Tour. It is something I would have always loved to have been to, but I feel, and I feel your, uh, I feel your pain with the uh, kind of being glad it's not happening anymore. Cause I feel that every single year with electric forest, like, how can I not go? Like, it, it feels like it's just drawing me back every year. 
Yeah, this is the it, first year in since 2016, I won't be there. Dang, there there is. I think the reason festivals um, are so impactful because you get to see such an array of bands, and sometimes you're just like. You're taking a break. You're going to get a water. You're going to take a leak. You're grabbing a hot dog. And then you hear a band that kind of catches your ear and you go and you just go to catch the end of their set. And mm-hmm. you're like, I need to write this band down. So you put it in your phone. You go home, listen to it later. And you're like, fuck, yeah, I got a new band to add to my mm-hmm. arsenal. And if you're a music nerd like us, getting to discover bands by hearing them live for the first time, that's that's all you can ask for. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's hard to recreate that any other way. Like you can see them as an opener just by happenstance, but um, seeing them at a festival is, is really cool. Yeah, it's it's irreplaceable. Yep. So, Dill, I think there's a loose connection between your story and my next story where it involves Guar, and Guar played Warped Tour at one point, I believe. Yes, they did. I think the, <laughs> Which the last the- Warped Tour. Yeah, it's the strangest thing in the world, awesome. and it was one of the, it's awesome. It was right before Brocky uh, passed away, um, and it was just the strangest thing in the world. When we were doing uh, Scumdog September, I stumbled upon the video of Guar at Warped Tour, and we talked about how funny it would be to be like there to see bands like that normally play Warped Tour, and then here comes Guar, <laughs> just on the second stage somewhere, being Guar ripping people apart like, <laughs> kill, killing the killing whoever the sitting president was at the time um it's just it's just a wild thing but long introduction my second best ex- or my second experience i want to talk about is guar on new year's eve uh 2019 um yeah so this one was coming yep shutdown rules hadn't gone into effect yet it was probably one of the last shows at uh, bogarts before the lockdown and it's again this is one of those things where jason was coming into town for the holidays and he's like hey man you want to go see guar on new year's eve and i'm like fuck yes dude absolutely and it was um one of the best decisions i've ever made and it was a cold ass night uh, you know, if you've ever been to Bogarts, you know, it's not in the best neighborhood. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, the show was incredible. Like I had never experienced a Guar show. I never got to experience a Guar show with Brocky as the front man. So it was Blothar. Uh, but it's just as fucking insane as you would imagine. They opened with Sick of You, which fucking what a perfect opener to open with. Because everybody knows the words to that song. I mean, everybody knows the words to all the Guar songs at a Guar show. Like, you don't, yeah. yeah, you don't, you don't just stumble into a Guar show like, hmm, what is this? You go to that's, a Guar show true. if you're if you're a Bohab, right? You're yeah. going there expecting to get alien blood and cum sprayed all over you, and um, it was just what one of the most what? Yeah, exactly, one of the most surreal awesome things i've ever been to because it was a new year's eve show and because it was a guar show truly one of the coolest live experiences i think anybody can have because it is so visceral and crowd involved like they bring fans up at the end of their set and they put them through the grinder and um that's like a that's like an honor as a bohab it's like you're not really a true bohab unless you've been up on the stage um at the end of their shows um again like i said they have a tradition of killing whoever the sitting president is at the time and they've done it since the they've their very first well not that i don't want to say very first but they've been doing it basically since they started um so it was trump at the time and uh blothar was like 
I know this is Trump country, but we're going to do it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I know you guys kind of like this guy around here. Um, They brought him out and they ripped his chest open. He was bleeding all over the crowd. And it was fucking incredible, man. And honestly, the blood and the semen felt kind of (laughs) good because it was very, very, very hot in, in Bogarts. And that stuff was very, very cold. Um, and I, it was my favorite moment, not my favorite moment of the show. The show was my favorite moment, but one of the things I'll always remember is they, they killed Trump at midnight and then they ended their set. I don't know. They did a couple more songs, ended the set and everybody was walking out of this guar show at Bogarts covered in blood and guts. And right next door was a bar. Everybody dressed the nines for new year's Eve. And we're just strolling by <laughs> and fucking disgusting mess and there's girls in like shimmery mini skirts and guys with suits and ties on and i'm like what a collision of worlds these probably these guys these people are probably like what the fuck just happened in there and it was i'll never forget that because i walked by and i just fucking started cracking up dude because it was such a strange juxtaposition and i guarantee you we had the better time that night oh percent. No oh, yeah. question in my mind that these people were looking forward to this night all year. Wait, can't wait to wear that dress. Can't wait to show off whatever I'm wearing. I guarantee we had a million times better of a time than those people did that night. And it made me so fucking happy. Probably stole all the babes too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I went home with five or six that night because I was like, <laughs> this guy's wild. <laughs> Bad boy. Yeah. That's amazing. Not, that was covered in alien cum. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually around the time you and I started like uh, talking pretty regularly. I think yeah. we were hanging out quite a bit and doing podcasting stuff. So I remember you telling me that story when you first when you came over for a podcast one time and I was like, that sounds fucking incredible. Yeah, man. Guar shows are, I I think, required reading for anybody that loves like rock and punk metal. Like you have to go to a guar show. I think one of my biggest regrets was last fall, we had plans, like very loose plans. We didn't buy tickets, but I went to a bar in Covington and it was like a a bourbon bar and they had the, uh, the, whatever the Gwar's uh, uh, bourbon is and they had them all set off to the back and they weren't going to sell them because the guys from Gwar were going to come in and sign them. Uh, It was like, they're going to have the show and then the next day they were going to come by and sign, sign them all and sell them. And I was like, we got to go. We got to go. And then, you know, we totally forgot about it. But uh, that's one of my biggest regrets was that Kevin and I didn't get to go do that. God, that would have been so fun, dude. To see him in like all... plain clothes, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, like they're just all super cool dudes, too. Like, if you watch the This Is Guar documentary, like, you can see they're cool dudes and they're just normal people. They just, they like doing their subversive brand of music and it's, it's incredible. Yeah, that's that's definitely a show that if we get a chance a chance for, I feel like we owe it to ourselves to do. That's I mean, a, you've you've a seen group him, Kevin, but yeah, yeah, Dill and I haven't, so uh, I think we owe it to ourselves. Oh yeah, dude, it's 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 really is required reading. I I firmly believe that. All right, let's get into <laughs> our next audience submissions. Um, we're going to start with Grant Hutzel, who commented on our Instagram, uh, and I'm going to read his comment. He says, ah, there's so many, but I saw Jack Johnson at the Blossom with my all-time favorite artist, Mason Jennings, 
who I also saw play a private solo acoustic set on the shore of Lake Michigan. Woo. It was a beautiful summer <laughs> night. Uh, drinks were flowing. Smokes were smoking. The Celtics were beating the Lakers for the NBA championship. And just as Jack Johnson started to play Banana Pancakes, the clouds opened up and gave us a wonderfully amazing rendition of Banana Pancakes. There was indeed a need to go outside. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. I love that whole line. The smokes were smoking. <laughs> and uh to, just for a little context uh grant is a huge celtics fan if you couldn't put that together through context clues so <laughs> uh yeah fucking awesome man uh i i like to make fun of jack johnson on this show but the fact that i know enough about jack johnson to make fun of him means i've listened to him quite a bit so <laughs> um if i had one guilty pleasure in the world it would probably be jack johnson <clears throat> yeah no i mean that that would be a fun show man it just would yeah, it would like I would, I would absolutely go to that. Um, I, yeah, I'm jealous. And he's such an well, interesting huh? dude. Like Jack Johnson is, he was a pro surfer who broke his leg, and while he was recovering from his broken leg, picked up a guitar, and just what a life! Like, and it shows through his music. There is not a care in the world. It's just like almost the white boys, Bob Marley, um, and. It's just like it, listening to that kind of music, especially in the summer, especially in that kind of setting. You're like, dude, I wish I was there. None of us yeah. are like I have, I think, a Jack Johnson record on vinyl. But besides that and that Banana Pancakes album, the yellow one, I can't remember which yeah. one. I, I couldn't tell you much of his discography, but getting to see him live, I bet, would be an immaculate show. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, I, I bet it would. Yeah, just just good vibes, man. And, and there's not there's a whole lot to be said for that for a live show. And, yeah. and you know, especially with the clouds parting for banana pancakes, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First um, time I like I listened to the fuck out of sitting waiting wishing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, so I, that I whole album's that good. Here. That whole album's yeah. good, Kev. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm not. I'm not saying it isn't. Um, I'm not opposed but, to just doing a Jack Johnson episode next week. Jesus Christ. We just cover a Jack Johnson album. <laughs> Let's get weird. Yeah. We'll do, we'll do Jack June. Jack June. I couldn't do a whole lot. <laughs> um, uh, do you have Louie's email pulled up? I do indeed. All right. Uh, so Louie wrote in, and he'll explain why in his email, and is is titled "Best Live Shows." Ah! <laughs> uh, he said, "Good day, my good day, dudes. My computer decided to take a dump on me today, so I have to send in a lowly email." Boo. Uh, <laughs> What a great topic for a show and one that has me pulling my hair out trying to pick. I've seen some great live shows, each being great for a different reason. I've previously talked about the greatness of Ramshine Live in the previous live song playlist, so I'll skip them. Though they have the best live show around. Um, yeah, so if you watch their Family Values tour, which I watched when I was a kid, their fucking live shows are great. Um, and that was a while ago. So anyway... Uh, I'll stop editorializing Louie's email here. Uh, <laughs> uh, instead, I will go with the most unique live show, which has to be the band uh, Monuments. I saw them open for Devin Townsend and Animals as Leaders uh, several years ago, and it was the first time I really heard of them. I was expecting the usual profit uh, metal that would fit the rest of the bill, but at the start of the show, the singer said he would not be singing because of sore throat. Instead, he was just going to play all his vocal parts on saxophone. And he did exactly, exactly that. Uh, he played note for note on his saxophone. 
I really wish I had a recorded version of the show so I can listen back and enjoy the jazzy metal goodness. The whole show was great. Everyone blew the roof off the place and had a great stage production. But the monument set is still the one I remember best because I have never seen another like it. And then he he put a link in, which I'm sure Dill will be happy to add to the show notes. And he said, imagine this, but with sax instead of vocals. <laughs> so um, Louis also had a top five to see live. Uh, Ramstein, uh, Nine Inch Nails, Metallica, Foo Fighters, and Bruno Mars. I can see that. I can see yeah. all that. That really tracks for Louis. Um, yeah. It does. That is an amazing list of bands. And that's, I love stuff like that. Like um, I just saw Origami Angel and there was a singer who um, she lost her voice in like the fifth or sixth date and she didn't, they didn't want to drop out. So they had other people come on and sing for them or they had guitarists sing for them. Just finding creative ways to keep the show going is so cool. And that saxophone, I would love to see a video of that. Yeah, yeah there's, there's nothing quite like that when when things don't go to plan and the artists become true artists in in, in the moment. Um, there was a Porter Robinson show I saw in Columbus here a couple years ago where um, basically everything he had, like his his light show, his um, like the electronics, the, the soundboard, everything died. So he had nothing. Um, so he just got up on the mic and said, hey, well, I just lost all my equipment. So until the team gets it back up, I'm just going to hop on the piano. Anybody got any requests? Um, and, of course, the crowd gets into it. Uh, a bunch of big Porter fans out there. And he starts playing out some of his biggest, like just some of his biggest hits on the piano. And that was, it was probably my favorite part of the show. It was fantastic. Like there's something, there's something really to be said for that kind of thing. And that sounds what Louis saw somebody doing the saxophone instead of his vocals. That's a fucking hilarious concept. And it's so I, funny. Yeah, I would I would have loved to have heard what that sounded like. Hell yeah, that's that's a fucking great story. Um, fucking, yeah, because again, we talked about it earlier, just that the, 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 the weirdness of live shows sometimes is what makes them great. So yeah. let's get into our last picks. Benny Boy, take the head. Okay, so this is going to be my festival experience, and there's a lot of those. Um, so, you know, of course, a festy boy like myself can't let an opportunity like this to slip away. That's probably why I had to muscle my way into this one. Um, but there's no, there's really no way for me right now to narrow down all my festival experiences without talking all night. So I went with the Genesis um, Breakaway Festival in Columbus, Ohio, 2013, with um, some college buddies. You know who you are. Um, and this was the first ever all-day festival I attended, um, if you don't count the OU number fests, I guess, uh, which I don't because that's kind of just a college party. But it was an all-day music thing. Um, but the crew and I, but, you know, as young lads and lasses fresh out of college from OU, the crew and I were no strangers to alcohol-soaked parties and loud music, um, but Breakaway Fest was a brand new animal. Uh, from from our pre-game to the very last note, it felt like both a flash in the pan and an entire month of experiences crammed into one neat little package. And boys, it was fun. Um, we saw it was a it was a very diverse lineup. Um, 
kind of all over the place, which was really cool. Um, we saw and think this is this is back in 2013. So we saw 21 pilots like before they actually got big and it, like as Columbus guys, it was kind of like a homecoming for them, like as they were starting to get big. Um, so that was really cool to see, even though I ended up figuring out later that I really don't like them. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I saw Tritonal on a side stage. That man would never be on a side stage now. Um, Kendrick Lamar. Um, and the, the set was, or the whole night was closed out by the pre canceled bass nectar, um, which was fucking fantastic. Um, again, separate the music from the, from the artist there, but, um, more importantly than anybody else that day, Porter freaking Robinson and empire of the sun, all of these, and a few other side acts we saw that were awesome. Um, all of these things crammed into one day as we've already kind of covered with your guys' festival experiences. It blew my, it blew my absolute freaking mind. And I've never really looked back. Like from that day forward, I've known that this is something not that I want, that I need. Like I, I, this is my serotonin. Like this is, this is how I recharge. Like just going to enjoy the music that I love and experience it with others. Um, even as, you know, those, most of those friends from my college days have gone on, gotten married, had kids, you know, all the, the whole nine, I can still do it and have experiences with whoever else is there. Cause I know they're into the same thing as me. So it, it, it's, it's just an amazing, amazing thing. And I had so much fun that day. It was, I had the first ever, um, the one that got away at a festival. <laughs> we, we met at the Porter Robinson show cause we were just vibing so hard. I have to make Lily put on her earmuffs now. Um, but, uh, and then we were, we were spending the whole day together and just wandering around from set to set. And then Kendrick Lamar came on and, the rest of my crew wanted to go sit down for a bit and rest. And I was like, yeah, sure. Fine. And then I, I, I looked at this girl and I said, Hey, you know, I'll be, I'll be right back. You know, we're going to, we're obviously going to fall in love and be together forever. So I'll find you. <laughs> no problem. And just walked away. Didn't give her my number. Didn't do anything. Just walked away. Sure enough. Never saw her again. Spent my, like spent the next like hour and a half, like, diving through the crowd trying to find her so it was also my first ever getting lost at a festival experience because then i couldn't find my friends either <laughs> yeah so it was wild but i did finally find them again during empire of the sun which was just the wildest unbelievable presentation you could you could possibly imagine like if you've ever watched one of their silly as hell videos think of that but just live in front of your face um so that found my friends and we just vibed the rest of the night away and what a day and it wouldn't be until 2015 till my true love of festivals kicked off for at tomorrow world 2015 but that my friends is a beautiful shitstorm of a tale for another day the the one that got away is that that belongs in a sitcom somewhere <laughs> Or yeah. like a, a coming of age movie. I was like, it didn't. Dude, I that, it didn't matter I if you never like, saw her again. But damn it, we shared that one beautiful day together. Dude, we were both vibing so hard to Porter because, like, that's when my love for Porter really developed. Like, I already knew I liked him going into that, but he was so freaking good live. And then this this girl was just vibing just as hard as I was, and we started talking, whatever. 
And then when I walked away from her, I realized that like halfway to going to meet my friends up at the in the stands because it was at a soccer stadium. Fuck! And I tried to sprint back, and nope, she was gone. Gone with the wind. One of these days, boy. (laughs) That's tough, man. That's tough. Oh, geez. I'll never live that one down. Yeah, it's okay. It's a a good story to tell. And like you said, getting lost at a festival is something everybody should do. (laughs) Because that's part of the experience, too. Because there's this there's this mild panic that sets in because you're like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like, I'm mm-hmm. never going to see anyone I know mm-hmm. ever oh, yeah. again. I'm going to oh, die yeah. here. <laughs> so, so reception is always minimal at best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. then there's that absolute moment of pure euphoria when you do see your friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, man. I fucking I love that story, man. That's that's fucking awesome. It's cool to hear your Genesis, too. I didn't know that story, so. Yep, that's cool. Yep, Chris, Chad, Megan, and Timmy. Thanks for coming with me, guys. If you listen, so it's funny you bring up Twenty One Pilots because they are my last uh, tour that I'm going to discuss uh, or oh, really? show live experience, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I went to the Quiet Is Violent tour. Uh, it was Twenty One Pilots and Vinyl Theater open form at the LC Pavilion in Columbus, and I saw them on September fifth, twenty fourteen. Um, well, now I feel bad that I talk shit about 21 pilots. No, honestly, um, I, I don't. It was very much like you said. It just felt so like homegrown. And I saw him play yeah. so many times at uh, it was called Kid Coffee Venue in Middletown. They would come and play at this little venue with all the local bands. And I think uh, Ryan Green's band opened for him one time. And they were just like the biggest band in that area. So. I never cared for like their their studio albums, and then I saw them yeah. live, and I was like, "Holy shit, these guys put on a production!" The lead singer would be banging on the piano, jumping on the piano, doing backflips into the show, and like there is a song that um, it was called Car Radio, and they would always open it up, and he would go down the middle, and then like the crowd would come back in for the big part of the song, and everyone would carry him back to the stage, and then he would finish out the song. It was just like such a cool live experience. And so 2014, I got to see him in Columbus and it was kind of like you said, as they were getting so big and they were becoming like this household name. So to see him in their hometown at a big, at a cool outdoor venue like this in September, where it's kind of finally cooling off a little bit. And like, as the sun's going down, they're getting up on stage and there were a lot of really cool moments. Um, Back then, he was getting up on every rafter, and he's getting up there and singing, and everyone gets to see him. And I remember the the most memorable part of the night was them covering Summertime Sadness, um, which it was the first time I'd heard the song. So hearing his rendition of Summertime Sadness as summer's ending, and they're the they're just like the biggest band, and it was so it just felt so cool to be a part of because they do have like this little universe inside of themselves. Um, and I haven't kept up with them, which it happens with some artists, but at the time I just loved how involved they were and how, how all out they went for their shows. And it kind of sounds like an EDM show, really. Like they just put so much thought into the production and like everything is, it's almost like a stage play where like the song ends and then they have like a track playing and he's like interacting with the track and it's just a really cool show. And so getting to see them when they were like on the crest of becoming such a huge band was really, really cool. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I remember we we got there kind of late, later than we wanted to. So Twenty One Pilots was we were I think we were pretty late into their set. But what we did manage to see, I remember it was freaking awesome. Like the the production value was super high. And I remember being incredibly glad that we did see that. Like I thought 21 Pilots was going to become this huge thing for me and, you know, start listening to them all the time. Ended up not going that route, but, but no, I mean, like that's, that's really cool that we both connected with, with a local band like that because they put effort into their own show and growing it in their own community. So that's really cool. Yeah, and that's that's the thing I always hear about Twenty One Pilots, right? Is they put on a hell of a live show, and I'm, I'm much like you, Ben, where I, I like them, but they're not like somebody I'm going to go out of my way to see. But everybody talking about how great their live shows are makes me curious, at least. So if I have a chance, it's something I, I would I would absolutely probably love to go see. Oh, that would probably be way more like pretty expensive, I would bet. Yeah, I imagine so. Yeah. And that's honestly, that's probably why they got so big is because they their live shows were so energetic. Yeah. I can imagine that had a lot to do with their success. They, they put on a hell of a show. People like this band fucking kicks ass. Let's buy their shit. So there you go. Yeah, I, they've been playing one of the songs car radio for such a long time. And the whole premise of the sh of the song is just like he someone stole a car radio or the car radio out of his car. So now he has to like drive around in silence and he doesn't want to be alone with his thoughts. And it's so simple, but like, it's a great, it's a great song. And it's why it's catchy hooks like that, that got them really popular. So that's enough about 21 pilots, Kev. Let's get into yours. <laughs> okay. So I'm really struggling with this because I came in with a plan for my third. And now that I'm thinking it over, I had these two kind of locked in, but I think I'm going to switch with what I was planning on doing. I was going to do Tiesto, Ben when we went to go oh, see Tiesto in Columbus, because that, oh, that was the rail story, right? We got up yeah. to the rail for oh, yeah. Tiesto, and we could- It's a totally it. different kind of rail. <laughs> yeah, and we could feel the bass through your entire body into mm -hmm. your soul, and that's when I fell in love with EDM shows, because that was such a cool fucking experience, seeing the best to ever do it, uh, in my opinion, from like a pure EDM standpoint. To me, Daft Punk is a different breed. Um, but as far as like live shows and just being the godfather of the like modern EDM, yeah. mm -hmm. seeing him and being on the rail for that show was fucking incredible. Um, but so I was going to go with that because it really made me fall in love with EDM shows. But I'm going to go with the show that three of the four main members went to. And it was Metallica um, in Columbus and again, a bucket list. The old switcheroo. I thought you were about to say twerp. No, Twerp was fucking dope. I, Twerp's definitely an honorable mention for me because just because it's such a wild story, that whole show. Yeah. Um, but seeing Metallica on their Death Magnetic tour in Columbus was fucking incredible. They they put on a great live show coming out to Ecstasy of Gold. Mm -hmm. They've been doing that for years. Um, they had this stage. What's that arena called, Ben? The basketball stadium? In, it was uh, the Schottenstein. Yeah, the Schottenstein Center. So I mean, it's a big big arena and so what they did is they turned their stage a quarter turn every five songs or show or so so you could get the full experience no matter where you were sitting in the stadium which was really fucking cool um and 
I just remember just being in awe the whole time and get, finally getting to see the band I literally grew up. It was the Beatles and Metallica. Those were my bands. That's what I grew up on. Mom and dad have a story where if I was crying, they would turn on Metallica to calm me down. So Metallica is in my fucking blood, man. I, I may not love the direction they've gone in the last 10 years or so, but holy shit, like Metallica is like my happy place. And so to finally get to see them live for what is, I think, their best album since um i don't know and justice for all because I, I i love the black album but i love their 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 older stuff better um that that was just so fucking cool but the one moment that really sticks out in my mind and i don't know if you remember this ben but is it trujillo spinning around no that was dope <laughs> <laughs> but it was their encore and they said I don't know if we're going to play this song. It may be too heavy for all you, everybody. And everybody knew exactly what it was going to be. Hey, let's kill them all, right? No, it was Seek and Destroy, dude. Oh, that's right. And it was just, I fucking love Seek and Destroy, dude. It's one, it's one of my favorite Metallica yeah. songs from Kill Em All. Yeah, I had, I had the album right in my head, yeah. Yeah, dude. It's so, it was so, and I remember looking at you, grabbing you by your both both sides of your shirt and jumping up and down like the fucking play it yeah because <laughs> it was like one of the one of the songs i wanted to hear live because i was obsessed with that song and i was just so it was like one of the moments of like purest euphoria i've had in my life was getting to hear my at the time my favorite band of all time play one of my favorite songs of all time as an encore um holy shit what an experience and then yeah. we drove back to OU and partied that night. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, fucking great night, man. Louie was there. We met up with Louie after the show. I drove you and yeah. Louie back to OU. It was a long fucking drive. Um, but, yeah, man, what a, what a fucking night. What a night. Yeah, no kidding. That's that's one I obviously I always vividly remember, too, even if uh, I seem to mix up my memories a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's uh I was on the Discord a couple months ago. I said, "Man, I wish I could have seen a Death Magnetic tour Metallica show." And then, I <laughs> yeah. like, wait a second, I fucking did. Yeah, <laughs> and it was fucking awesome. And yeah. I, I, I love, I love Death Magnetic specifically as an album too. Yeah. So that that show was fucking incredible. Like, I, I was so glad we got to see them when they had this lull in their career. Like, Saint Anger was fucking horrible. Um, and then they come back with Death Magnetic and it's good again, right? So we get to go to go see them and they play shit from the old albums that we that we love and knew we were gonna love. And then we get to hear a little bit of this new album that was still fresh and exciting. And yeah, that's that's that was night was incredible. I, I I'll always remember as well the guys who fell the fuck asleep in front of us and, <laughs> yeah. and hating their guts the entire time. Yeah. Holy shit, I forgot all about that. Yeah, fuck those guys, man. Unbelievable. What's wrong with you? Unbelievable. That's that's something I think uh not the guys sleeping, but getting to see a band during the right tour like the right album cycle, you know, like yeah. getting to see Metallica when they're out there playing the hits, they don't really have an album they're promoting. That's that wouldn't be as fun as it is them promoting a new album that you're psyched on and like they're in their new renaissance and how many renaissances has Metallica had, you know, like to get yeah. to see one in the, what was that 2010? Yeah. It would have been right around that time. I think it was 19. I think it was 19. 20. No, it was not. It was my freshman year. I remember leaving the dorm 
You mean oh nine? Oh nine. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah, because I was yeah. still working at I was still working at Great Wolf when that album came out because I played the wheels off that shit when it first came out. Yeah, yeah. So that that's cool to get to see a big band like that, but get to see a new album that you're actually psyched on is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That was fantastic. So there you have it, y'all. Our live music experiences. So I, I before we end, I want to do a couple honorable mentions that I didn't get to talk about. If that's okay. You already yeah. snuck one in there. Yeah, yeah I was going to do twerp too. So, yeah, twerp was awesome. Uh, mainly because Ben almost got us kicked out because That's he said, true. "Yeah, now it is." So Ben said, "Follow me, guys. I'm a professional. I know how to. <laughs> I know how to work crowds at a show. I'm going to get us up to the front." And I said, "Ben, I'm not doing that because I'm much bigger than you, and everybody will hate me." But I did it, and we get to Ben's like, "We can get around to the back," and. Ben got stopped by security <laughs> and said, you can't go back here because this is where the band goes back to their backstage area. And Ben somehow worked his, his festival pro magic, got us to go back to the back. Cause he's like, Oh, we just want to smoke some cigarettes, man. That's all. And so we did, we went back there, we smoked a couple cigarettes and then we came back around the other side where I think like their girlfriends were standing. Yeah. And we were, but it was cool because we were fucking right there, right by commander Meowch. Louie was entranced just watching him play bass the whole time. Yeah. It was fucking great. Um, but I do want to mention one last show that I went to. It was uh, the um, Death Metal Fest in Maryland with my brother Jason. Three days of just death metal. Um, and I got to see some cool bands there, man. It was it was a shit show of a weekend. Jason and I got in a big fight the last night. Uh, my, my right knuckle still fucked up from when I punched a stop sign because I was mad at Jason. <laughs> I got lost that night. Um, fucking mad, I almost got mugged. Um, and I realized uh, the guy was following me. And I said, here, man, here's all the money in my wallet. Leave me alone. That worked. Um, but the one thing I'll always remember from that show, outside of seeing Sleep, one of my favorite doom metal bands or whatever, stoner metal bands, whatever you want to call them, was me and Jason were just kind of hanging out in the middle of the stages. And all of a sudden from the second stage, we hear what can only be described as something that shouldn't be at a death metal show. It was like electronica. And it was the strangest thing in the world. I was like, we have to go check this out. And we walk in and they finish this, their open air. And the guy comes up on the, the mic and says, are you ready for our Swedish techno metal? And I was like, fuck Yeah. It was the weirdest fucking show I've ever seen. And he's like, it was just because he, that's all he said. And then they went, straight, he didn't even wait for a response. He just went straight into the next song. And it, just the weirdest, most stereotypical Scandinavian voice you possibly can. And I was like, what is happening? I was already mm -hmm. drunk, on, drunk on Jack and Coke by that point. And it was just the most, one of the most surreal things that's ever happened. I tell that story to other people because I think it's, <laughs> it's fucking awesome. That's, that's how much I love it. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got a few honorable mentions too, and then we'll wrap up. I'm sure Benny has a few too. Uh, I I saw say anything um, during an album tour that I really really liked. Uh, it was their self titled. They had Motion City soundtrack open for them. Um, they had some two tongues that they played because uh, he was on tour with the guy that he did this side project with. And the lead singer from the starting line was playing bass for Say Anything. It was just like, it was perfect. There was a bunch of shenanigans that happened because we were, we were all like 16, 17. So my older brother Dalton drove me and all my buddies down there. And it was an awesome show. It was at Bogarts and we got to be at the upper level 
which I don't know how we got up there, but because I'm pretty sure that's VIP, but we made our way up there, got to watch the whole show up there. It was awesome. Uh, and obviously, the two Bill Murray shows I've seen the last six months have been amazing. Kevin and I got to go to the most recent Bill Murray, and it was great. Yeah, and hell of a show. The Ace of Cups show I just went to with Origami Angel was packed, um, sold out. It was the most packed I've ever been to at a show, and they fucking killed it. They didn't take a breath. Um, and they had themselves on like a timer, like there would be like a little interlude and then they get right back to the next song. And I bet they crammed 20, 20 songs in an hour. So. Damn, that's pretty impressive. It was awesome. I'll fire a couple out there. Definitely Blue Man Group. Blue yeah. Man Group way back in the day that I, I, that was, it's been too many years since then for me to have too many vivid memories, but I know I had a, the time of my life and it probably kicked off a lifetime of loving concerts. Um, Cause that was the first concert I ever attended. Um, do you have any idea what year that was, Kevin? I have no idea. All yeah, I, well, the main, long main long memory long I have from that show is listening to the Brian Regan CD that we listened to. Yep. yep. And mom right. still has, mom still has that CD in her car, even though she does <laughs> not have a CD player. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Definitely the actually the Porter Robinson show I talked about in Columbus earlier. Um, that was incredible. Uh, Porter Robinson's amazing. And is that a great American on the field? Yeah, actually, I did. I did give some thought about uh, actually including that one. Um, so yeah, yeah, we'll go. We'll go. Is that a great American with Ma? Um, it's just a really cool concept. You yeah. go see a baseball game and. Um, Zed made up for um, the Reds losing terribly. So uh, Zed Zed is a great performer live, and yeah. he he packed he packed a great show into a very small set. So yeah, it was very impressive and a hell of a night. Hell yeah! Shucks, Addy. All right, y'all. That's it. That's our uh, favorite live music performances. Uh, sorry, it's a lengthy one. We're giving you extra content this week. Um, we don't get paid any extra for longer episodes. Um, Let's talk songs of the show. Uh, Benny Boy, you can go first. Right on. Okay, so my song of the show. Shit, it's going to be another long-winded one. I forgot. <laughs> so I, I put in uh, Hollywood Baby by 100 Gex, specifically because I don't know if you guys remember, uh, Like it was a couple months ago on the Discord. I was all in a tizzy because I had my first ever, like, this is this is music, you old man kind of moment. And it was due to 100 Gex. There's this there's this guy at work. He's like 20, young 20s. Um, and we were at some, you know, going away party for a coworker. And we were sitting at the same table. All he really learns about me that night is I really get into my music. So there's some like Ace of Bass and like ABBA type stuff playing. Of course, I'm getting hype. So a couple weeks go by, he approaches me at work. He's like, hey, man. Just wondering what you think about a uh, hundred gex. Okay, what the fuck did you just say to me? Hundred gex. Are you saying one hundred gex like G E X like gex the gecko? He's like, yeah, yeah, hundred gex. I I have never heard of hundred gex. He's like, oh, and just walks away. I'm like, well, wait, hold the fucking phone, guy. What is hundred gex? like oh it's just it's a newer band you know uh, i i just wasn't sure if it was just 90s techno that you listened to and <laughs> 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 
So, oh I, fuck yes! I, I responded appropriately. I was like, "Oh no, man! You know, I, I listen. I listen to it all. I'm I'm a really big music fan. I get into whatever." Um, but in in my head, I'm I'm pissed now. All right. <laughs> so immediately leaving work, I throw on Hundred Gex, listen to a couple songs. I, I could get into this. Um, it's not bad. So when I get home, I throw on the whole album, and this is where the problems start. So I kind of like it. I kind of hate it and I can't put my finger on it, but I can tell that this music wasn't made for me. Mm -hmm. This is just music for a different generation and I'm, I'm struggling to make heads or tails of it. So off the beaten clef listeners, if you have any more opinions you want to share one way or the other to help guide me through these dark times, please let me know because to me, it seems kind of directionless and it bothers me. Um, but the songs are still kind of quirky and have a good vibe and it's just, it's awkward. It's awkward for me to listen to. It just feels like music for the TikTok generation. hundred percent. is what it feels like to me. And like, I, I was listening to it for a while to just try and get to the bottom of it. And I pulled in front of Kroger and just turned it up as loud as I could just to have the experience of, all right, let people see me listening to this. <laughs> and it was it was every bit as uncomfortable as you would expect. It just didn't feel right. Like I could blast my trance all day and I'll I'll feel right at home, but something just wasn't connecting. Like it's just made for young people's ears, I guess. And I'm not there anymore. So boys, what do you think? Because I I am in a crisis. <laughs> so my introduction to Hundred Gex was I think it was. Uh, Cody Garrett submit one as a song of the show. I think as a joke because Cody is uh, is a shit poster on the level of Mason Miller, and I was like, I like this, but I fucking hate it at the same. I don't. I hate that I like it. Yeah. And that's kind of where I am with 100 Gex. They're very much a TikTok. You're you nailed that on the head, Ben. It's for the the. Uh, let me not be politically incorrect here. It's for Gen Z, 100. percent it's yeah. not for it's not for us it's not for millennials but i still like it right uh so see i like it but i can't say that i i feel like i can't say that i like it yeah like, you're not you a like fan. About it? i don't i don't know <laughs> yeah only it's only ben would talk about a song for five minutes and he's not even sure if he likes it <laughs> <laughs> not not true i did that two weeks ago with my song of the show <laughs> uh the end of an era <laughs> yeah I I don't know. This didn't seem like a Ben pick, which in turn kind of yeah. I kind of turned my ear and I listened to it and I was like, good enough for a song of the show, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> good enough. Mostly, I just had to get that story off my chest. Yeah, thank you. I I was in a tizzy. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. I didn't know if you only listened to techno that's thirty years old, but. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know if you only listened to Ace of Bass. That's funny. Uh, we, he and I have talked about it since. We're, we're cool. Like He didn't mean it like that. Yeah. But, I didn't mean it like you listen to the most unbearable music. Um, don't anyway. you talk about Ace of Bass like that. Uh, generally sucks, unbearable. Man. Ace of Bass. How fucking, fucking dare you? Okay. The same song over and over. I'm put we're not. Right we're now. almost two hours in. We're not going to get hung up on '90s techno. Uh, my song of the show <laughs> is. 
My song of the show is Lost by Bring Me the Horizon. Uh, talk about a band from high school that I am rediscovering and I realize I should have kept up with them. I've got a whole playlist where I've kind of gone through their albums. I've been doing this a lot lately. I got a lot of time on my hands. So I went through their whole discography, each album, uh, after I heard this single. And this just kind of blends what they've been doing. They've been doing a lot of like pop, uh, a lot of synth heavy stuff. And so they throw a little breakdown at the end. Um, great chorus. Uh, Ollie has, he had the best scream and now I love his singing voice. It's just like, it made me very happy that bands that I grew up with are evolving and staying awesome in different ways than they were 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. The breakdown is what got me at the end. I was like, this is good. And then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Of course I love the, the techie elements. So <laughs> no surprise there. Yeah, that, I'd, I'd send it to the Discord, and I said, this might be, like, the perfect, uh, like, a uh, blending of all the the things that we enjoy about music. Like, it's got a breakdown for Kevin, it's got synth-heavy stuff for Ben, and it's got a great chorus for me. So, I, I really, I was really pumped on this, and I'm still really pumped on it. So, um, yeah. What you got, Kev? Uh, real quick, uh, Louis already talked about his in his email, but it's I, the Creator by Monuments. So, that's the one. Imagine that, but with sax as the vocals. So, Mine is Corn, uh, their cover of One from MTV's um, Icon, uh, honoring Metallica. There was a bunch of really great performances for that show, but Corn's always stuck out to me because one, Fieldy's bass is fucking incredible. It just gives that that song so much ass, dude. It's it fucking rocks. And Jonathan you can Davis, tell when, when you see Trujillo in the audience, yeah, yeah, Trujillo's like. You got that stank face yeah. on. And again, <laughs> Lars annoys the fuck out of me on that video. So just listen to the audio. <laughs> Lars is just such a smug bastard. Um, but man, they fucking killed this live performance. They didn't know the whole song. The whole song's really long. It's like a seven minute song. But the condensed version, I almost like better. Uh, because Jonathan Davis absolutely nails the belt when they do the, the, the main breakdown at the end. Holy fucking shit, man. This is the best version of this song. Sorry, Metallica. Again, the best thing Metallica ever did was Megadeth. The best version of one was Corn. So Jesus. Um, actually, I don't know if I go that far, just because it, it's pretty funny how Monkey cannot do the solo. No, that's fair. That's fair. But the rest of it's great. I actually, after this video played, uh, there was a related video, and it was like the whole show. So I watched like the first fifteen minutes. I forgot that Sum 41 covered For Whom the Bell Tolls. Like, they're the yeah. introduction. And Sum 41 does a really good rendition of For Whom the Bell Tolls. Everybody on that show killed their covers, man. Blimbiska uh, did a cover of I Don't Remember, but it was really good. Um, fucking great show. Yeah, so thanks for adding that because I totally forgot. We're rediscovering a lot of old YouTube uh, like renditions and mtv and unplugged and icon all that cool shit they used to do back then was really fun to rediscover um so we i'm also going to include grant and lily's uh songs that they mentioned i'm going to put them as their songs of the show quote unquote so if you want to go check those out if you want to go check out our social media off the beatenclef.com for merch at off the beatenclef for instagram at off clef for twitter and send us emails off the beatenclef at gmail.com and join our Discord. There will be a link for that as well. Benny and Boy. 
real quick, just a quick shout out to Sarah from my festival family. We ran a little long, so I can't I can't share your story anymore. Um, but uh, we can throw Fred again. I found you on that list too, Dill. You got it, boss. <laughs> if, if you so please, of course. All right. Sounds good. We'll add it. Sorry, Sarah. You want to tell her story real quick before we leave? Would make well, it feel she, well, no, it, it, she texted me like while we were doing this. But, okay. Um, but yeah, it, it, basically, she just wanted to share a story from Electric Forest when she was trying for two days to convince anybody to go with her to this Fred again show. Um, so we we went and it blew my mind. Like it was a really, really special show. Um, and it was a really, really awesome night. Um, it kind of inspired me to open myself up a little bit more. Um, and I think I'll always appreciate her for that, for, for bringing me there. And, um, I'm glad that I was able to provide a companion for you, Sarah. So thanks for, thanks for writing in and sharing a story that you wanted to share. Um, because it was a special one for me too. Heck yeah. What a yeah. what a great way to end the episode. Yeah. But uh yeah, join yeah, our Discord. Yeah. We have a lot of fun on there. Uh it was this was actually Mason's idea um on the Discord. Yeah, thanks Mason. Uh there's times where Kevin and I get busy, we get stressed, we're overthinking what we're going to do for episodes, so we turn to the Discord and they give us a lot of really great ideas like this one. Um, so we apologize for going so long, but this was a really fun topic and it's fun to do a little freeform stuff sometimes. I, Dill, I have a suggestion because we're coming into summer months. It's getting warm. Marble bolos and Marlboros next Ooh, week. Round two. Oh Round two, baby. Let's I'm, do in it. A, I'm in a con- I'm ready for some country. All right. Oh boy. Hell yeah. Let's I do it. Expect that from Gav. All right. I'm ready for it, man. Get ready. Get them. Get them. Get them cigs ready, boys. All right. We'll see y'all next week. Bye.